Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. Exodus 20 and 12. talked about temples and sons and the primary relationship, the priority of relationship. Um, I want to talk a little bit. I feel like the Lord wants to help our understanding in what I am, what I would call relationships of authority. I think, well, that's an interesting Relationships of authority. And they're, they're very important in our lives. They're critical in our lives. Um, Exodus 20, verse number 12. You may, you may recognize just from the fact I said Exodus 20, if you're a, a little bit of a student of the word. Exodus 20 and 12 says... Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 16. It reads like this. It says, honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee that thy days may be prolonged and, this is something we don't see in Exodus, that it may go well with thee. Anybody want it to go well with you? (laughs) Amen. That it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It is implied clearly by the scriptures here that if I do not honor my father and my mother, my days will not be long. And if I do not honor my father and my mother, then it will not go well with me. Agreed? So there are, our God is a God of order. He's a God of order. Um, he's a God of principle. Uh, he may do things differently, but he doesn't violate his principles. He may do things differently, but he doesn't violate that which he has set in order. He's a God of order. He's a God of principle. He's a God that cannot lie. And so, therefore, when he speaks something and commits himself to something, he will always be committed to it that way. He's a God of truth. And so he's a God of order. And relationships, as we look at them in our lives, relationships of authority matter. And the first relationship of authority that we see every individual in their life sees is that of a father and mother. In our society today, unfortunately, some don't see one or the other. Um, But this is God's design. I have a question for you. At what point 
and at what age in life is it appropriate to discontinue honoring my father and my mother? When? Never. Well, yeah, but they... No. But you don't know... The word doesn't say agree with their choices. The word doesn't say support their decisions. The word doesn't say allow them to do things to you that they shouldn't be doing. It doesn't say any of that. This is the responsibility of you and I to our father and mother to honor them. And... We are never, I don't believe, I can't find it anywhere, we are never never scripturally released from this word of God. And we may have fathers and or mothers that do some crazy stuff. Again, this doesn't mean we agree with them. My kids are going, yeah, buddy. Right? It doesn't mean we agree with them. It doesn't mean they're even right. This isn't about right. It's not about agreement. You understand. The word teaches me to honor my father and mother. What was the Lord doing here? He was establishing a principle in one of the Ten Commandments. This is the the scripture. This is known as the first commandment with promise. Because you you know the commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. Here the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right? You know all those? This is the commandment that says, if you keep the commandment, then it's a commandment with promise. Honor thy father and mother and your days will be long and it will go well with you. You understand the fulfillment of that promise is not predicated on the quality, condition, action, inaction, character, lack thereof, whatever, of the father or mother. It's of the child honoring them. Does that make sense? The Lord was establishing something about authority here. And about our relationship with authority. And this is so critical and so important. Now, you all, each one of us, what are we? Temples. Who are we? Sons. All right? So we're temples and sons. We are designed by God to walk in authority. He wants us to walk in authority. But we must first make sure that we have some revelation and understanding of authority in order to walk in authority. And so this is why relationships of authority and God-given authority in our lives, that's why these relationships matter so much. Some people would discount them. 
But if the Lord will give us an understanding of the value of the relationships of authority in our lives, we come to understand, ah, that's key to me walking in authority as a son of God. And the first one is honor thy father and mother. Okay? Now, if you're hearing that tonight and you're thinking, man, I struggle with that, then let the Holy Ghost work in your life. Ask the Lord. Lord, show me how to do that. Help me to do that. I struggle with that, Lord. Help me to do that. Again, don't confuse the word honor with agree with their wrong choices. You understand tonight. Let the Holy Ghost, Lord, show me how to honor them. All right? This is important for authority in your life. Now, we understand God is the ultimate authority. So we're not going to spend too much time on that, I don't think, in these next few minutes. Um, How many of you know the name Hophni and Phinehas? Raise your hand if you if that name means anything to you. Okay. How about Joel and Abiah? Ah, that one was a little different for you, wasn't it? Anybody know Joel and Abiah? Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about relationships of authority, right? Hophni and Phinehas are brothers, were brothers. And... Hophni and Phinehas had a father, of course. Anybody know who their father was? Eli. Hey, we talked about Eli earlier, didn't we? What do we say about Eli? That's, exactly. Good memory, right? Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the guy. That's the guy. Hophni and Phinehas are Eli's sons. They were his sons. Now, They, because in the Old Testament, the priesthood would continue through sons. That was an Old Testament principle and pattern. It's what we walk in as sons of God, right? We're made to be, we will be made to be kings and priests with him, our father one day, right? And so this is the flow of ministry. And so we have Eli, who is the priest, and we have his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Well, there was a problem. Hophni and Phinehas did not honor their father. Not only did they not honor their father, who was not only their father, but he was also their spiritual authority. He had a dual role. They didn't honor any of it. They participated with him. But when it came to the offerings and the things that were there, Hophni and Phinehas... They were like taking parts of the offering for themselves that they weren't supposed to take, that was supposed to go to the Lord. They were defiling the temple. And they didn't even care. They were callous about it. It didn't even matter to them. But there was, there was a little boy that was brought to the temple when he was just a small child and dedicated to the Lord. His mother had told the Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And so this mother brought this small boy and gave him to the Lord, put him under Eli, lived there in the temple with Eli. And at a young age, this boy heard the voice of the Lord, didn't realize it was the voice of the Lord until a few times. And finally, Eli perceived, said, hey, that's the voice of God. Next time you hear that, say, here I am, Lord. And you probably heard that boy's name before. 
His name was Samuel. Heard of him, right? First prophet of Israel. Well, that night when Samuel heard the voice of the Lord that first time, and the Lord spoke to him and began to reveal things to him and tell him things that were going to happen in the future. Well, the things he told him were about Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Told them they were going to die. Well, sure enough, it's exactly what happened. Their days were not prolonged. They didn't honor their father. They didn't honor this priest of God or their father. They didn't honor their role in relationship to God. And they were both killed. Remember the story we told about where Eli, who was fat, fell off the stool that he brought in the temple? Oh, that happened the same day that Hophni and Phinehas were killed. Because someone came running to Eli at the temple and brought the news of his boy's demise. And when he heard the news, the scripture says he fell backward off the stool and broke his neck. I want you to understand, by the help of the Lord, the importance and the criticality of God-ordained authority and the honoring of a father and mother. It's interesting to me that those were two boys in the temple. They grew up in the temple. They knew everything about the temple. But they didn't honor the temple. And they didn't honor the God of the temple. And they didn't honor their father, who was the high priest of the temple. And their lives were cut short. And it wasn't what. Now, here's an interesting thing about this. Remember that boy Samuel we were just talking about? He grew up. He became a man. Of course, the prophet in Israel. The prophet to Israel. Samuel had some sons. Do you guys know that? Samuel's two sons. You guys didn't know their names, but you will now. Samuel's two sons were Joel and Abiah. Can you imagine your dad telling you stories about, yeah, when I was a little boy, mom took me, your grandma took me and dropped me off at the temple. My whole life was in the temple. My life was all about the temple. And when I was a child, God began speaking to me. And God has always spoken to me. And so I speak to the people of Israel for God. I'm God's vessel. He didn't just live in the temple. He fell in love with the God of the temple and gave his life to the God of the temple. And he had these boys, Joel and Abiah, but there was a problem. Joel and Abiah didn't really honor their father. And they did their thing. And it's quite the, I'm amazed at the connection between Eli and Samuel and these sons of the two and the fact that none of them seemed to honor their father, or honor the temple and the calling that was really upon their lives if they would have just yielded and honored and aligned themselves with their parental authority 
and with God-given authority. They didn't do either one of those things. It cost them their lives. Now, you are what? The temple. You are the temple. And you are who? Sons of God. If you want relationships and you want to walk in authority and you want the authority of God in the temple, you have to make sure that you get relationships of authority right. You got to honor your father and mother. If you got bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, something in your heart against your mom or dad, you need to take that to the Lord. Deal with that. Let him heal that in your spirit. Release it to him. Doesn't mean whatever happened, if there was anything, was right. You're just saying, God, I refuse to hold this and cause me to dishonor my father and mother. I want your blood to wash over me as you've forgiven me. I'm forgiving them. I'm releasing them as you've released me of my sin and my hurt. I'm releasing them. Honor your father. It'll bring a correction in your life in authority. And you know what? It'll bring a correction in your life in relationships. We don't understand sometimes how those things affect us. But they do because of the principles of the word of God. And so we do those. So our father and mother. Now, the scripture teaches us, Paul wrote. uh, I should pull it up. I had it there and I hit the back button and I deleted it. And that's not what I meant to do. I meant to hit the down button. If you will go to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. In verse 17. Hebrews 13 and 17. Many of you have heard this verse before. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. Don't you love it when somebody tells you, you better obey. Right? Our human, especially when you're right about your age. Right? I'm an adult now. What are you telling me what to do? Got to be careful. Got to be careful. How do I respond to authority in my life? I'm assuming all of you in the room are probably working a job of some type. You know what I've learned in my 49 years of living is the Lord will give me bosses at times that will rub me the wrong way. And he'll use that to check if I'm going to submit to authority or not. Or if I'm going to rise up against authority, if I'm going to go around authority, if I'm going to talk negatively about authority in my life. See, you don't get to just pick the principles of the Word of God and say, well, it'll fit here when I'm dealing with church, when I'm dealing with spiritual things. But this guy's a heathen, and he's lost, and he's an idiot, and so therefore it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. The principles of the Word of God are true. 
And so I honor these principles of the word of God. And so the scripture teaches us, obey them that have the rule over you. Now here he's talking about men of God placed in our lives. God-given authority. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. Why would we not want them to do it with grief? Well, because if they do it with grief, that is unprofitable for you. You mean that God would give us bishops and elders and pastors as covering in our life? God ordained. I'm not talking about men trying to control people here. You understand? I'm talking about God ordained men that He would place in our lives where we recognize a flow of ministry that God has ordained. And they would someday give an account for us. I want to be submitted to that person. I want to obey their direction and instruction. Because I want to make sure the account they give is one with joy. I don't want it to be one with grief. Like, oh, Joel was grief to me. I I don't want that. That's unprofitable for me. Well, and when I see that that's unprofitable, when I read about them giving an account, my mind goes to, I believe it's in Matthew, where the Lord says he's separating the sheep and the goats, and he tells the goats, you know, depart from me, you unprofitable servant. So when I see that word unprofitable, that's where my mind goes, and I'm like, hold on a minute. I don't want to be unprofitable. I don't want, I don't want the one that has authority, God-given authority in my life that God ordained. I want to obey them. Well, but what happens when I disagree? I obey them. Oh, you think we're like, some of us aren't human, and so therefore we always agree? If we always agreed, it'd be easy to obey. And so therefore, the Lord allows times where he's going to find out. Okay, you disagree? I'm going to find out. Is your opinion greater than the one that I've given authority over you? If my kids always agreed with me, they'd obey me all the time. Right? So, see, sometimes we bring this factor. Well, something's wrong with me because I disagree. Not necessarily. It means, hey, the Holy Ghost is going to find out. Are you, how do you value relationships authority in your life? This is important. Here's why. One of many reasons why. We understand the priority of the first relationship. This is a priority of another relationship. You get this relationship out of order? I promise you. Your life will start, you'll start recognizing what chaos is. Because you no longer have the covering of spiritual authority. You step out from under the covering of a spiritual authority. You may not recognize it right away because what the adversary will do is say, look, you can call your own shots now. Don't you love that freedom? Isn't that liberty amazing? And, and I thank God that 
We don't operate in life church in a covering of authority where there's dictatorship and trying to direct every move and every, that's not who or what we, we want the spirit of God to lead us. We have great accountability and responsibility. But this is important. Let me say this. As we, um, as we have this beautiful work that God is doing here, what, it's a beautiful thing to me to have Union Gap and Sela, the, the hyphen together of these congregations tonight. It's a beautiful thing. And you guys are going to have food together. You're going to spend time together. You've already been doing that. You're going to go to coffee shops together. You're going to do different things together as you so choose along the journey at times. And if the Lord chooses and you all choose, there may be relationships that build across congregations between a young man and a young lady. Can I venture that far? It's a good thing, Brother Flowers. I'm glad Elder Flowers is here. Guess what? Let's say, I'll just pick on the two of you since you're both here right here together, okay? Let's say that, and I, I'm not suggesting something here. This is pure <laughs> hypothetical for the state of the point, for the sake of the point, okay? Let's say that Matthew has always been in Selah. This is where he's always been and where, he, and I just forgot, Ruby. I was going to say that, but my wife babysits a little girl named Ruby, and I'm like, that's not her name. What's her name? So, yes, yeah, Ruby. Okay. And so, and Ruby has always been in Union Gap. And Ruby receives ministry and identifies with the ministry that flows through Brother Flowers. She's recognized this is a God-given voice in my life. Uh, Brother Matthew's been in Selah. He recognized this is where I've always this has been a God-ordained voice in my life. This is where, but, you know, now all of a sudden they're spending time together. And uh, Matthew says, well, you know, I think, would you mind if I go and hang out and be in service there? No, I, you have my blessing. Don't skip here, but yeah, go. Right, you, under, you understand. He goes down the road, enjoys, he comes back, he says, nah, you know. When I talked to my elder at that congregation, I don't know. He expects a little more of me than your elder does, or vice versa. I think I'm going to go with what your elder says rather than. You're going to have to guard against those things. And I think you understand this isn't about one elder being right and one elder being wrong. It's about having a, like, if that situation I just described were real, there would be things that, I, as an elder, God would give insight and understanding into with Matt's life that he wouldn't give to Elder Flowers. And there would be things and understanding and insight that God would give Elder Flowers into Ruby's life that I wouldn't have. I've been around long enough to witness that. And so the enemy will try to bring stuff. And so you have to know that. This is important when we talk about relationships of authority. And as you all spend this time, and I don't have any concerns about you spending time together. Don't read into that, okay? I just think you've got to recognize how those things can happen. And so you've got to guard against that. Know who God has given you as spiritual authority in my life. 
that make sense? All right. Why is that? Why does that matter? Because they have to give an account for your soul. In that example, I don't have to give an account for Ruby. Right? So it's a different deal. So please know that. Understand that. Let the Lord mark that in your spirit. Uh, it's so critical. One other place in Scripture, and I think we're going to be done tonight. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read verse, start at verse 7 and go down to verse 10. While you're getting there, let me, let me say this about... Uh, you know, when you start getting into a relationship, remember how I, we talked at the outset tonight. If there's a relationship that detracts from your relationship with God, you need to sever that relationship. Remember that? You know, it's possible that there could be relationships with people in the church that could detract from your relationship with God. Now, I'm not telling you you need to cut off your brother or your sister and kick them to the curb and say, well, you know, you understand. But you have to recognize, hold on a minute. And so it's very critical and important that you recognize what can often happen is the enemy will seek to plant a seed to get you to step out from under spiritual covering. He's not trying to get you to leave church. He'll even convince you he's not trying to get you to backslide. He's just trying to get you to step out from under spiritual covering. Get you vulnerable. Give him access to you. You don't want to be out from under spiritual covering. There's nothing that's worth it. And so, Matthew chapter 8, verse 7. We'll finish here. Jesus said to him, so here where we are in Matthew chapter number 8, this Roman soldier has come to the Lord because he has a sick child. He wants him to come, or a sick servant. And Jesus said to the soldier, I'll come. I'll heal him. Verse 8. The centurion, that's the Roman soldier. Centurion, that's where we get our word century from. A century is a hundred years. A centurion was a Roman soldier that was over a hundred men. Okay? The centurion answered, and so this wasn't, you know, like a private in the army. This was a Roman soldier that had a hundred men under him. The centurion answered and said, Lord... I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Verse 9. Now watch how he justified or qualified, qualified, how he qualified that statement he made. For I am a man that is what? Well, he didn't say I'm a man in authority. He's a centurion. He's got a hundred men under him. He didn't say, I'm a man in authority. He said, I am a man under authority. 
See, he revealed something here. He revealed what many people never understand. He revealed that he understood it. He understood that his authority came not by title, not by position. His authority came by his submission to the authority that was in his life. And the authority flowed from the authority he was under. And as long as he... Now, what do you think would happen if that centurion soldier decided, you know what, I don't care what the general's saying. I've been leading this band of 100 men for 10 years. I think I know a thing or two. How long do you think he'd have got away with that in the Roman army, doing his own thing? Not long. Why? Hasn't he proven himself to where he doesn't need to be under authority anymore? See, it doesn't matter title, position, time, experience. There's never a justification for operating independent of authority. God ordained authority. God given authority. And so he said, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. To another one, come. And notice, he's giving examples of how he uses authority. But he starts by recognizing where the authority comes from. It's because he's under it. That's why I can use it. If you want to operate as a son of God in the authority of God, and you want authority in the relationships that God has for you, spiritual authority, then you must make sure you don't compromise relationships of authority. That with your father and mother. Honor them. That with the God-given man of God in your life. Honor them. Be willing to say, hey, I may not understand all that, but if that's what they said, that's the way it is for now. God to give me understanding. The Lord will honor that. And if that man of God, and, and you know, I can, and we can as men make errors. Understand, the issue is not with, just like it was with your mom and dad, the issue is not with, well, but my mom and dad were wrong. No, the issue was, is my spirit right in submission to the authority? I say to one, go, he goes. To another, come, he comes. My servant, do this, he does it. He gets authority, doesn't he? Verse 10, this is what's powerful. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Was this a Jew? <laughs> this was a Roman. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those that followed him. You see Jesus, he, he's like stopping. He's turning around to his disciples. He's, I, I just picture him shaking his head. Not in disbelief, but just marveling. He turned to his disciples, those that followed him. And he said, truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Great faith was recognizing the power of being under authority. And so, I, 
urge you to let the Lord mark upon your spirit how important those relationships of authority that he gives you are. They're vital to the flow of his spirit in your life, to the operating of the power of God through your life. These are God-ordained. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Praise God. You feel like a dating class tonight? Probably not, huh? Now, all we've done tonight is talk about relationships. And, and we're going to talk about relationships tomorrow morning. And uh, we'll probably talk about things in relationship touches on the ideas and biblical principles of some guidelines in dating relationships. I want to know what the Lord says about that and what his word says, don't you? And so we're going to go into that. But if we don't have these relationships right and in order and know what we are and who we are, all the other stuff doesn't even matter. And if we don't have relationships of authority in place, this other stuff doesn't matter. We need to make sure we have the order right so that we don't give the adversary advantage in our lives. And so that you, as young men and young ladies, walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Because I see powerful people. And the adversary would like to find a way to gain advantage. And so when you know what the word says and you seek to align yourself with the word and the spirit of God that dwells in you as his temple and you walk as his son, letting his spirit lead you, the adversary can't gain an advantage over you. Amen? Praise God. Lord, thank you today for the privilege of us spending this time together tonight. I pray for each young man and young lady here. The witness of your word and your spirit, let it reside and be written upon the fleshy tables of their heart. Let it be sealed in their spirit, I pray. Let you be glorified through their lives. that you would be glorified through their lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. We went 12 minutes over. Probably pretty good. Um, and so... Those who would like to, there's great power.